This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, looking like a celebrity and the best blue things. I just want them to look their best to where when they hit the stage, the carpet, whatever, everyone's looking at him and just thinking, man, he looks good. I just did what, whatever I could to be part of it because I just thought one day it'll be my big break. And it took about five years. You have to really love it because there are ups and downs and when you're riding that wave really high, it is fantastic. But when you're in that, when you're riding that wave low, it can be really dark and you have to remember those highs to keep yourself balanced for the lows. I think for a man to look good, you should do these things. These things are. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe. Leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for all of your support. So our first guest specializes in getting Hollywood's leading men to look their best. Nick Jonas, Michael Keaton, Remy Malek, her clients are a who's who of movies and music. But what I think is really interesting is not just the behind-the-scenes working of a celebrity, but the tips that she has that everybody else can use in their life to look their best, and her, her story about persevering and figuring out what it is that you want to do and just going after it no matter what challenges are in your way. This is Celebrity Men's Groomer, Marissa Machado. When you started out, like, did you specifically want to work with celebrities or was this kind of something that just happened? I specifically set out to work with celebrities. I, I grew up in Bakersfield, California. My family's all in agriculture, but my mother was an avid entertainment tonight watcher and she made clothing. So she always had an eye for fashion and, and that was something we enjoyed together. I, from a young age, loved... I would always cut my Barbie's hair, cut my doll's hair, which transpired into school dances of doing friends' hair and makeup. You know, when I was in high school, young girls, we, we didn't hire makeup artists. There wasn't such thing. So we just did it ourselves. So I just became the girl that people would come to. And I loved, I loved watching the red carpet. And I wanted to just, I wanted to be the reason why they looked so good. We didn't know anything about Hollywood. It's only an hour and a half away. 
but it's a vastly different world. So I didn't have those connections and it was just sort of one step at a time as to how I was going to get to Hollywood and how I was going to get my foot in the door. How difficult was it to kind of get your foot in the door? I mean, how competitive of an industry is this? It's, it's extremely competitive. And the difference is I moved here in 2003. I moved to Los Angeles in 2003. And when I started, I was working at a makeup counter for Stila Cosmetics. I got that job when I finished cosmetology school. My passion was more in makeup at the time, even though I always loved hair. So I got a job at the makeup counter and... When I went to work every day, I would meet, you know, different people that were, I don't know, getting married or so, you know, I started doing weddings. There was no such thing as social media. You couldn't, I mean, there was no direct into these agents, photographers, other makeup artists to assist to get my foot in the door that way. So it was really about meeting people at the makeup counter. And I slowly, you know, I started working in Barney's in Beverly Hills and I would go in there and work at the Stila counter and I would just meet different people. And from there, I met a makeup artist who led me to his agent and I started assisting. And, and then that got your foot in the door. But if you didn't come with any celebrities, they didn't want to take you. So it's, it, it was a, um, a real catch 22. It was, it was difficult. I took every single job that came my way, whether there was money or not. I assisted stylist in fashion. I assisted hairdressers. I assisted makeup artists. I, I just did what, whatever I could to be part of it because I just thought one day it'll be my big break. And it took about five years. Is that normal, I guess, for getting into the industry in terms of like that's how people usually get in, this is how it usually takes? Or would you say that you're kind of an aberration one way or another? I think that's how it used to happen. Um, I know now I, I have people direct message me saying, you know, I'd love to assist you if you ever need an extra set of hands. I, I would have loved that opportunity to, to reach out to these people and say, hey, I'm willing to work, you know, because I was. So I think I don't know what the appropriate time to break in is. I know people that assisted a lot longer than me before they got their big break. I know people that are still doing the type of jobs I was doing when I was assisting and they're they're completely happy. For me, I just I just kept thinking there was there was it was going to happen and there was, there was going to be something more. I don't know. I said I, like I said from age 14, I said this is what I was going to do and it's like there was just something in my mind that I knew I was going to do it. And I also had that thing in my mind that was like I have to prove to everybody that I really did it. Earlier this morning, interviewed someone who's a goals and motivation researcher. She's like, the most successful people are people with slight chips on their shoulder. Got to have a slight chip. In the sense that, like, I'm going to show them, show them, I'm going to show them all. Yeah, it was like family members, high school counselors, all those people. You know, I, I, I had to prove to them because when I went to my uh, high school college counseling meetings and they asked me what I wanted to do, I told them I was going to go to Santa Barbara to do a year city college and have a college experience, but I was going to move to Hollywood and I, I was going to do, you know, hair and makeup for celebrities. And I said, I'm going to travel the world. And their response would say, well, you should have a backup plan. What's your backup plan? And I just said, there is no backup plan. This is what I will do. So yeah, I definitely had something to prove, I suppose. Good for you. Some clients take you everywhere around the world with them. You're their only person. Some clients hire you 
just when they're in LA and then maybe they have their person in New York or, you know, Europe or, or whatever. So, but usually once you're established with those clients, if they're around in town and they have things going on, you're going to be that person. There's not going to be that sort of competition. However, yes, when you're starting out, it is, you, it's one of those things that it, it is not for the faint of heart. It's, it's not an easy job. Um, you really don't, it's like, okay, I don't know how to explain this. You really don't get a lot of praise. And even if you do want a lot of praise, you're going to kind of have to find it within yourself because in the men's grooming world, we're not um, celebrated, I suppose, as much as maybe hairdressers or makeup artists that are working with females because we're celebrating the makeup, right? We're celebrating the look. The thing about a ma- grooming a man is that you want to just present them as a good-looking man, right? So it's not about what they have on. It's it's just they should just walk in and look good and nobody's asking what they have on or why they look so good. They just do. So you really don't you really don't get that sort of shine. So you have to you have to find it within within yourself and um, which maybe isn't for everybody, but it works for me. It, it works for me because I'm not somebody who likes to be center stage or any of those sort of things. I, that makes sense, right? Like I want to be on the winning team, but I don't care if I'm the star yes. player. I get, yeah. And it almost reminds me to continue the sports analogy of kind of like the kicker. The, if you make right. the kick, you were supposed to make the kick the whole time, right? Like you're only mm-hmm. acknowledged if you've done something wrong, essentially. You're right. You're right. Yeah. How, so how is working with a celebrity different than like working with another high-end client? Yes, every job varies and every cele- celebrity varies, you know. And I think that one of the most important things about my job is understanding how to be around people. Not just being good at what you do, but understanding how to read people, maybe what mood they're in. Um, just sort of feeling the energy in the room and understanding when it's the, when it's time to speak, when it's not time to speak, how much you should be saying, you know, what kind of space are they in and understanding that also maybe they're going out to do an appearance on, let's say Jimmy Fallon, and maybe it's one of their first big, you know, late night appearances. They might be in their head about it. They're nervous about it, you know, but you can't take that on and and take it personally. You have to understand the space that they're in and respect, respect that, you know? So, and, and some celebrities, you know, maybe you're going to go in and you know that we're not going to speak. It's going to be, it's going to be 20 to 30 minutes where I'm going to just do what I need to do, work around them and then get in and get out. Other people, I'm going to walk in the door. They're going to ask me how my family is, what's been going on. You know, it's, it's, it's different between, between everybody. But I do have a client that I work with often who is a CEO of a company. And he just, he likes to be groomed for his Zoom meetings and such. And yeah, that's just like a, I don't know, that's just having a normal conversation with anyone. It kind of, it takes the pressure off, but at the same time, I want to do equally as good a job. You know, I want to make that man feel as important as if he were on the red carpet. I know this is kind of a super broad question, right? But say you're getting somebody ready for a red carpet event or to go on Jimmy Kimmel or any of those kind of things. Like, what is that? What do you do when you show up? What's that process like? Those are, I'll be honest, my favorite kind of days. My favorite day, I mean... This is just as I've gotten older. My favorite days are the days where you just, the job is like a couple hours. And so 
I get to have like my morning to myself on those kind of days. They don't, as you said, Jimmy Kimmel. So when I'm doing Jimmy Kimmel, I have the whole morning to myself. Then I get all my stuff ready, which is my kit, which is basically like a 40 pound suitcase. It's a carry on size suitcase that has everything that I know I need for that person plus anything that could just possibly come up that you you need because Murphy's Law like I always have a client ask me for that one thing that I just don't have or I just took out of my kit for some reason so you want to make sure you have everything and then I arrive usually around 3 p.m 3 30 p.m 30 minutes before the client I get there and I get set up which I'm as you mentioned in the beginning you have an OCD brain I do too. I like my setup to be very clean and very specific in the sense of I'm only putting out what's necessary. I don't like to be veered off track for any reason. So everything is laid out in a specific order of use and it it varies per person what products those will be from face products to hair products. And then usually the client will get there, you know, the publicist greets them, they come in, they say hello to everybody, they get a little briefing and then they sit down with me. So that's where I mentioned earlier, that's that time where I've had a few moments to sort of read their energy and and where they are as to how that session between us is going to go. If we're going to chit chat about whatever they're promoting, um, you know, but for the most part, they sit down and if anything's changed within, within the way they look, I'll ask, you know, oh, what are you using in your hair now? Maybe I haven't seen them for a couple months and the hairstyle is different. And I'll say, oh, what are you using in your hair now? Something along those lines or anything different you want me to do. But for the most part, I just do my thing because, as I say, at this point, I have a a group of men that I work with. So that is sort of the luxury of them hiring hiring me is that I don't have to ask them questions or say anything. I already know what to do. It's this this very, you know, it's a dance. It's I kind of do my thing. I finish them up. I at the end of my grooming, I always hand them their chapstick. As I hand them their chapstick, they I take off the cape and then they're off to the stylist and then they get dressed and right before they go on, I like to do a last look, check them up, you know, and then they're off to the show. And after that, that's really all you can do. Some shows like uh the James Corden show, the Late Late Show, some shows have segments where you can actually go out in in the commercial break and adjust. But some of the shows, if they're just on for one segment, you know, it's like once they're out there, they're out there. So then you just then as they're out there, I watch them on the monitor. I enjoy what they say. I always listen because I know they're going to come back and maybe want feedback on how they did. As I pack up my stuff, then they come back. We all laugh about or talk about the appearance. And then I'm back home, back to cook dinner, whatever it is. When you're dealing with kind of celebrity clients, like how nitpicky slash whatever words you want to use do you have to be in the sense of like look that left hand there's a hair on my left ear that was out of place like are you checking every single thing that's got to be in perfect position or is it kind of like all right you're good to go when they're in my chair i'm checking every single thing but then there's gonna and we're talking men right so like i i think that women are more um particular, more careful, more worried about it. Like I could finish grooming a guy and he could be like, you know what? I have a little bit of downtime. I'm just going to go do a quick workout. And I could stress about it and think, oh, everything I just did is I'm going to have to redo it. Or I just have to say like, this is what it is. He's a guy who wants to get those pushups in or whatever. I get it, you know? So, or they're going to go change and just pull their shirt over their head and not even think about it, you know? But 
once they're on set, I become their mirror because they can't see themselves. So then I have to, I have to see for them. So yes, that's okay. If, if the camera's just face to face with somebody and I saw a hair at a place in the back of their head that nobody else is going to see, I'm not going to jump in and ruin their flow of whatever it is to fix this one hair. I'm going to look from the camera angle and see what everybody is seeing and then worry about that because I don't like to I don't like to step in for touch-ups unless it's necessary because I think it just breaks the flow of everything and it slows down production. So I like to make sure that they're good when they go out. I like to take a look at the camera from what I'm seeing, make sure that everything's in place, and then only have to step in accordingly. But if I have a guy with long hair, which I do have guys with longer hair and they're moving around, I'm going to have to go in more often because there's going to be hair falling in the face, covering an eye, creating a shadow, whatever, whatever it may be. So, yeah, I, it's delicate. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Sure. Do you have the juice? And I think what they mean by that is, like, they're not asking you to share the juice, but do you generally have the juice? Oh, like the juice as in, like, the gossip. Like the gossip, I think, is what they mean. Yeah. I do hear a lot. And I think that the reason that I've been able to keep my job is because I don't repeat the juice. Um... It's one of those things you kind of just put it in the vault, you know it, and then you see different things on social media or on TV or in magazines said about people, and you just think, oh, they've got it all wrong, or oh my God, they've got it totally right. But you can't ever say anything because you won't work. You won't work. Yeah, that's a pretty fast way to burn your reputation, which is why I think they didn't ask yeah. for any specifics, more just like, do you have it? <laughs> um, I do. I would imagine so, right? <laughs> There's something about sitting in that chair where you just like, you start to open up to people a little bit or you hear things. Yeah. And you also, you yeah. overhear conversations around you. And, and for the most part, I like to leave the room when I know that it's a conversation that I shouldn't be hearing because I don't even want to be placed in the situation of, well, Marissa heard that or Marissa was around when that was said. It's like, if I'm not part of this, I'm, I'm just going to excuse myself because I don't actually want to be part of it. How much are you really doing? And they mean this in a nice way, in the sense that, like, are these fundamentally good-looking people in the beginning? Like, are you turning sevens into nines, or are you turning, like, threes into eights? You can certainly take a look at my work. I work with men from, you know, their 20s to their 70s. So as far as funda fundamentally good-looking, I guess that depends on your scale of what good-looking is. I find them all attractive. I think they're all good-looking men. Um, okay, I don't really think I'm turning anyone in from like a low number to a high number. My goal always is to walk in and make that man be the best version of himself because everybody's scale of what good-looking is going to be different. So everyone's scale of a number is going to be different, but I just want them to look their best to where when they hit the stage, the carpet, whatever, everyone's looking at him and just thinking, man, he looks good, whoever it is. Would you say that there's a commonality though, in the sense of like getting a man to look good, you should do these yeah. things? Yes. I think for a man to look good, you should do these things. These things are checking your ears, making sure you don't have ear hair growing, checking your nose, making sure you don't have wild nose hair, um, your facial hair, thinking about the structure of your face and how that facial hair is actually changing your face structure. Is it making your face look fuller, wider? Is it 
Do you have a beard that's bringing your face down? All these type of things, I think, make the difference in a man. And my number one thing in a guy that like when I'm on the street or anywhere that I just can't help but notice is how many men let their necklines just overgrow and never clean it up. And I just think it's one of those things in life. If you have a significant other, they could really help a guy out by doing that. Whoever that is, a family member, whatever, who, if you have someone around you, it's like so many men just let that neckline overgrow straight into their back and it just crushes my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that makes your eyes twitch. But can you, okay, can you go like walk down the street without just being like, oh, you know, if you did this, if you did that, do you find yeah, yourself constantly I, judging people's hair? No. I, okay. I only, I typically only judge people or look at them in that way if they ask me to, because, you know, it's one of, the, when you're, okay, when I was younger and I wanted to do makeup, right? It was fun to play makeup. But as I'm older and this is my job, when I'm not in my job, I try not to be in my job anymore, even though it's a fun job and I love it. When I'm not doing it, I'm, I'm not thinking it necessarily. So I'm not always walking down the street thinking, oh, blah, blah, blah. Now, if somebody showed me a picture of a guy, right? Oh, this is so-and-so or, oh, I'm dating him or oh, whatever. Then I'm going to look at that man and think to myself, oh, if he just did this or if he grew his hair this way, whatever. I do think those things for sure. Do most people have it generally right or kind of generally wrong? I think that, I mean... <laughs> Again, it's where are you living? I live in Los Angeles, so I think that most people generally have it right in the sense that we are a little consumed with how we look in in, in Los Angeles. We, we do live in this world of Hollywood and celebrity and plastic surgery and fitness and all of those things. So I think that people here genu genuinely, you know, do have it right. I think... I don't want to name a state, but I think if I go to somewhere in middle America, I'm going to say, not really. Also, even when I go to my hometown, um, when I went to Bakersfield recently, like my my dad started going to my, my brother's barber because his hairdresser retired. He had an old school hairdresser that I used to watch in the salon as a little girl. And, you know, he's older. He retired and he used to cut my dad's hair, scissor over comb, this beautiful haircut. And now my dad's going to this barber. And though the guy's a great barber, he's cutting my dad's hair like he's cutting my brother's hair. And my dad doesn't need high and tight. You know, he's he's 70 years old. So, you know, it's, it's where are you as to how they're getting it. As a person from Kansas, I can say I, I understand. <laughs> I, <I'm, laughs> you can sometimes go back in time a little bit. Um, what celebrity do you ultimately think has the best haircut? Okay, I'm going to say this. There's one celebrity that I think it always has it right as far as haircuts, and it's not one specific haircut. It's many, and that's Brad Pitt. I think that Brad Pitt is ever-changing his hairstyles, and they're always right. We always love them along the way. You can ask any person about Brad Pitt, and they're going to name a time when they loved Brad Pitt. And it's going to be a different look from the time that the other person loved Brad Pitt. So it's like, even with all these different haircuts and hairstyles, he's always getting it right. I completely agree. Like I'm married with two children. I would completely agree. Like Brad Pitt always has good hair. Like it yeah. looks, no matter what he does, it always looks like, yeah, he never looks bad in any haircut. And you can't say that about a lot of people. 
not a lot of people. The other person, so the reason I bring up, bring up Brad Pitt is because whenever I have clients that will start discussing like a new look, and it's more on the music side of things that I feel like people go for new looks, more of my music clients. I think it's just you have more freedom to have new looks versus actors because they're playing characters. So I always love to reference Brad Pitt because we've had so many different um, looks along the way. And the other one that I reference a lot is David Beckham because David Beckham is another man who has had so many looks along the way. And though I might not think they're all right, I think that we could go through and again, people are going to at some point love all of them. But I, I like I like men that can change up their look and people, people, all people in general are still attracted to it. What is your favorite trend haircut? What is your least favorite trend haircut? And we can go all time. Most recently, the one that I could not wait to end was the super faded sides. I was just so tired of seeing every guy with the same look, just that really, really faded, like almost, almost, you know, on a zero, you know, like just at the scalp, you know, and then rising up above the ear and then the top kind of just being messy. I was, I was just so tired of seeing it. I, I missed the days of Nick, men, who's Nick, of men having natural necklines. And so I, I, I'm liking seeing more of that kind of come about. I think that we're having more length on men's hair and you're seeing actors like, just most recently hitting the carpet so often like Austin Butler you know who just finished this whole Elvis campaign his longer hair I I just then we've got um Timothy Shamal Shamal I can never say his name I can never do that one I think it's like anyway he's got the long curls and I, I I'm really enjoying that we're seeing longer hair come about one, I know I mentioned another style that I want to go away, but actually this just came to me. The one style that I really, really want to go away currently that hasn't gone away is this TikTok hairstyle that all the young boys have. And it's all shaved up on the sides and then the top kind of swoops forward and then back. It's like it comes forward and swoops back and then it kind of flips up all around the edges. And all the TikTok guys, like the TikTok stars, have this haircut leading my nieces in high school and every single boy has the same hairstyle. And I just, uh, I can't understand it because when I was in school, the guys didn't have the same hairstyle. Everybody kind of had their own thing, which could have just been more like yours, like crew cut style, but it wasn't like a specific look that everyone had to have at the same time. For, I remember it was called the standard boys haircut, which is like what I have and what most people that I grew up with, men my age, all have the standard boy's haircut. Right. But it wasn't a style. It was just like, that's right. a kid's haircut, and that's how you cut it. Yes. Right? Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. There's sort of a lack of individuality right now that I see in this in a, in a younger generation. And and everyone wanting, they, they find one celebrity or one person that they idolize, and then everyone tries to, tries to look that exact way. It's like, I, I just... You know, I think it's better when people go with what what they feel, you know, that they want to do or what they think looks best on them, but not based on because somebody else did it. What should I do about back hair? Okay, a couple options. I'm assuming this is a man, but if it's not, even if it's a woman, you could do the same thing. Um, a quick fix is to always just shave it. I know that can become a process if you don't have somebody to help you because you can't get back there. The second option is to get it waxed. You could once a month go into your waxer 
And, you know, the thing about waxing is it doesn't grow, you know, eventually over time, the hair will die. It gets tired of being ripped out of the skin. So it will die over time and, and you will get lesser hair. It's not going to go away permanently. It's going to be something you have to continue to do. The permanent option is laser. There are a couple of things with laser, though. Um, it works best on people with light skin but dark hair because it has to pick up on the skin. So it's like if you had light skin but light hair, the laser isn't going to pick up the hair follicle. So it the darker the hair, the better it is, but the skin needs to be lighter. So it's one of those things that you want to do when you're out of the sun, maybe in the winter, if you're not, you know, we should all be out of the sun at this point, but we're not. And so it's those type of things. It doesn't always work on people with darker skin as well. They might have to go through more sessions. Also, the skin can scar, you know, so it's, there's pros and cons to all of those. I'll be honest. Bowl cut, man bun, or... What's the mohawk? Oh no, the mullet. That's what they that that's what they put. Oh mullet. That's like literally just okay. put bowl cut, man bun, or mullet. If I'm gonna pick a favorite out of those three, I'm gonna go with the mullet. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but a mullet could either look really trashy or it could also look really cool, just depending on how you style the mullet. I have a client that I've worked with for like ten years now. His name's Travis Femmel, and he was on the show Vikings which he had these crazy haircuts and braids and stuff. And one night he had a premiere and right before the premiere, he took my face trimmer because he also has this long beard. He took my face trimmer and he just kind of went up the side of his head thinking it was funny. Right before his premiere, I was like, oh shit, you know? So I kind of just had to roll with it and I ended up shaving the sides into this kind of cool mullet. And then I, I don't know, it just looked... It really worked on him. It looked really cool. I've also seen a revival in, of mullets in the last few months, to be honest. Like even like some reality people and different people going for this look. I saw a stylist the other day kind of growing his back out a little bit, but keeping, you know. So I think a mullet could be cool. I think a bowl cut just takes me back to my childhood. Um, my brother had a bowl cut for a while. And it was very cute in the late 80s, early 90s. Um Bullet, mole cut, and man bun. Man bun, you got to be a real man. I don't know. That's like, I think it only works on types like Jason Momoa, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, you've got to be like 6'5", yeah. 250 you gotta to pull like that grizzly. off. you got to be like grizzly. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like you got to have some grit to you, because otherwise you go too pretty, and then I, it's not my thing. That's what it is. That's what annoyed me about that trend. People went pretty with it and it didn't work. Like you've got to be, I just finished chopping down lumber and fighting off a bear. And then, yes. then I feel like that works. Yeah. That yeah. And my, my hair was like so sweaty that I just had to throw it back in this messy bun, you know? Right. Like <laughs> I had to pull that child from the river and this hair was yes. in my way. So I put it in a bun. They just can't be Yeah, I like, got wet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. what trend do you, like, what trends do you kind of see coming? The, the more natural hairlines coming back, sort of more of a nineties effort. Like think like, I know this is going to sound so boring, but like the, the Richard gear types of the nineties, right? The Dennis Quaid types of the nineties, sort of just these more gentlemen's haircuts, not these super shaved sides, but I just think we're going to start seeing more length all around. And, um, yeah, I, I just more length all around. Not 
I think that the barber shops were really, really busy for a while, and that was a specific look. And I, th I think we're kind of we're going back to a scissor haircut. So you were nominated for Hollywood Beauty Awards Groomer of the Year. When did you find out? What was that kind of like? I found out, I guess, just uh, about a month ago. I found out that I was that I was being nominated, and I'll be honest, my first reaction is to think thank you my my real reaction is to think that's not really something I want to participate in because as I mentioned at the very beginning of this I don't like a lot of attention but I like to win so it's a lose-lose in my opinion it's one of those things that I would hate to lose but I don't want the attention if I win so um I think it's a real honor um it's it's very nice of my uh peers or, or, you know, or people to recognize me um, for my work. I, I think it's, it's really nice. But again, I'm just so uncomfortable in talking about myself in that way. It's one thing to answer questions when you ask me questions and yeah, then I can yeah, answer. That makes but sense. I, yeah, I have a, it's, it's really nice. It's an honor. It is an honor. Congratulations. I think that's great. Thank you. Thank like, you. Oh, wow. You could see I'm like getting red. Are men easier or are they harder? This is a common question, and it's not easier as far as the job goes because there are some difficult men. There are some really particular men. And I I always say it's easier for me because I have two brothers. I was raised around a lot of men. And I don't know. I think I'm a bit of a tomboy. I think that I can relate to them in a way and understand. I don't know. I understand the process with them. I'm not somebody who looks in the mirror all the time and is obsessed with how I look. So therefore I don't become obsessed with the way other people look to where I get really nitpicky on their face. And I feel that's more the way women go. So it just, it works for me because it's like you do the job, you have a nice bond, you tell them they look handsome and then they feel good about their day. You know, just like most men in general, not one specific man, but most men, you know, we're a lot easier. Right. Like I can speak for me specifically, yeah. as long as my hair is still there, I'm not going to say anything bad about it. Like, honestly, that is the number one concern. I will tell you with men and hair is losing it and it thinning. And I, I always, anybody that always, anybody that ever makes a joke about a man's hair thinning or losing their hair, I'm always like, no, 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 that's off bounds. Like that's out of bounds because I think that is men's number one insecurity is is losing their hair. And it's a sensitive topic. So I really, I don't joke about it. But yeah, that is a very, something that's very common. You can always tell when a guy starts wearing hats at a lot at 18. You're like, oh, he's noticed. It's going there. Or they route. start styling the hair where it kind of goes forward a little bit on the sides, you know? Yeah. Is there anything that men, like, you're going bald. Well. It's time to get it over with. <laughs> like, what should men do in those last okay. days before... Yeah, I think that if you've gotten to the place where you're just holding on to the few strands, then you've basically been going about your life being bald anyway, right? So you might as well just shave it. But I think that if you're, especially like in your early 20s and you're starting to notice your hair thinning and you have the financial means, I think that you should absolutely look into getting um, hair transplants because they have come an incredibly long way to where... People are growing back full heads of hair. And if you do it early on before it gets really bad and noticeable, you can really change the trajectory of what your hair is going to be like in your 40s and 50s. So 
I think that if you're looking around your family and you're noticing maybe your, your mom's dad is bald, you know, and maybe your hairline's starting to recede in that way and, and you have the financial means, it's definitely something to look into because I've, I've had some incredible results on, on people that I know that I've recommended a doctor to in LA and you would never know, ever know. So that's the route I would go. But if you're already going around basically bald with your couple hairs on the top that you're pulling over, yeah, just shave it. Can you say which of your clients has the best hair? Not hair cut, but like, ooh, they have the nicest hair probably. Like that's the easiest one to work with. Okay. Interesting question because the best hair doesn't necessarily mean the easiest to work with. I um gosh, it's so hard to say. I'm I have somehow fallen into this world of um curly haired clients. It's like I started with the Jonas brothers and then from there people would say, Oh, she's good with curls. So I have a lot of clients that have a lot of curly, nice hair. But I do think um I think that Joe Jonas has really beautiful hair that's really easy to style. Um, he's one of those clients that his hair is ever changing. We always kind of go back and bounce ideas off each other for the next look or the next thing or where he wants it to go. And it's always really fun. And he's, his hair, he's got the kind of hair that will do whatever I want. However I want it to look, it's going to do that. So he, I would say, yeah, he could, there's other ones, but I can go with that one easily. That makes sense. Um, last question for me. What would advice would you give to the next you, somebody coming into the business? I joke with my niece. I tell her she should come down and she's got my same last name. Come take over. But the next me, well, I'm just going to give the advice that Catherine gave me. And the advice is that you never know who's in the room and who's listening. So everything you say can be repeated. You never want to get yourself into a situation where you're talking too much. So it's it's knowing your place. It's knowing how to be in the room. It's reading the room, understanding um, when to be and where and why. You know, it's it's knowing how it's being good at your job, but also being really good at reading people. I would say that, you know, it is a struggle. Like I said before, it's not for the faint of heart. You have to really want it. It has to be your dream. This can't just be something that you think, oh, that looks fun. I'll go do that. You have to really love it because there are ups and downs. And when you're riding that wave really high, it is fantastic. But when you're in that, when you're riding that wave low, it can be really dark. And you have to remember those highs to keep yourself balanced for the lows. I want to thank Marissa so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we've linked to her on our social media sites. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And we've also included her information in the episode description. There's also a link there where you can go and vote for Marissa in the Hollywood Beauty Awards. Voting ends February 10th. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay. Now let's bring in John Shull and get to the pointless part of the show. What would you say is the primary way that you judge people? Appearance? Personality? Like, how do you first judge people? Uh, by their teeth. Why do you notice them about their teeth first? Uh, I mean, to me, teeth uh, show a lot about somebody. Shows their hygiene, shows their level of commitment to their self. And, uh, and then it also shows a little bit to me of uh, what people think of how they want to be perceived by others. I generally judge people by how they carry themselves. Every other thing would be like, oh, they're tall, they're short, they have this hair color, they have that eye color. That kind of stuff generally just like registers in my mind, but I wouldn't say that I form an opinion. I think you can see someone's confidence in themselves pretty quickly. How do you carry yourself? Mm, I don't really know. All right, well, you're not writing any theses on introspective personality uh, uh, topics. How would you say that you generally carry yourself? Uh, like a giant giant panda bear. Okay, all right, let's, let's move on. Moving on up. Boop, boop, boop. All right, uh, let's see, some shout-outs here. Uh, hold, please, my assistant's bringing up my, my list. All right, here we go. Um... There we go. Uh, all right. George Cameron, appreciate you. Where did you have the list? Like, where was it that you had such difficulty with it? Uh, well, I, I had it up on my phone ready to go, and then someone messaged me, and uh, I, I opened the message, and that and nixed me out of my email. So, uh, All right. Let's start over here. Uh, George Cameron, Deanna Hardman, Christian Boxley, J.W. Birch. WNBC, uh, Sabrina Ellis, John Briscoe, Devin Duncan, Malin Cabales, Rita Hewitt, and Ruth Avis. Congratulations. You all get the gold star of the week. Uh, I also have one additional shout out to Lauren. Lauren sent us a very nice Instagram message. Aww. Appreciate that. You know, this this is we're this is a labor of love for us. It's a small show, so when people send us messages like Lauren did, it means a lot. Kind of keeps us going. Do you want so, to elaborate? Thank you. How she said how great I am. Um, she did not mention you. Uh, big fan of the show. My roommate and I watch you guys on YouTube every night. I think that that does include you. Not mentioned you specifically by name, but I feel like that does include man. 
because it's you guys. That's plural. So even though you were not specifically mentioned, I believe that does include you. I feel like I've let her down now, her and her roommate. I feel like I need to be presentable. My hair is crazy. I wish I could. I don't my... think that they're watching for our appearance. Oh, I think so. I, I think so, hundred percent. Let's be honest. We're sixes at best, yeah. and not even like like a Kansas six. If we were in <laughs> New York or California, fives. Where would you rate yourself on a scale of attractiveness in different parts of the country? <laughs> well, I mean, parts of the um, I'm probably a four. Okay, can I give you the different parts? I want the West Coast, which includes California. Let's go the South, Michigan area, New York area. I don't know. You, you said so basically two. North, South, East, and West. Uh, let's see. So West, I'm gonna say a four. Uh, north, I'm gonna say a seven slash eight. Popular with the ladies. That's pretty high. Popular with the ladies up here. Uh, south, that doesn't even matter. So we're not. I'm gonna pretend that doesn't exist. And the east, uh, I'll say like a five slash six. Okay, you feel like you're better looking in the north mm-hmm. and worse looking in the west. Yes, because uh, strictly climate. Uh, you know, uh, the West, it's warmer. You wear more. You might go swimming more. You might wear, uh, you know, less clothes. I have a better chance of being rated higher if I'm like at a ski resort or like shoveling snow. Mm. You know what I mean? Covered up. Yeah. Basically. Covered up. Is Covered, essentially yeah. what the... hmm. I would say, yeah, I'm definitely lower on the West because I'm a little bit pudgier than I should be. Oh my. I'm going to go maybe like a f- five. Yeah, but not compared to that, right? Like I'm just fat enough that people would be like, oh, he's a little chunky. You are not fat. You weigh 140 pounds. Right, but I don't carry weight well. I don't carry weight well. So uh, anyway, can you let me finish my rankings? Yes, I'm sorry. I, I think I'm a Western five. I don't think I would do well in the north. I don't think I would do well in the north. I think I'd be lower in the north. I think I'd be like a four and a half in the north. I think I'd do well in the south. In the east, it's a wash. So I'm definitely worse looking in the west, better looking in the south, worse looking in the north. And east, I could go either way. See, I think you would actually be higher in the north because you you like the outdoors, you know. The uh, w- women from the north like men they can manhandle, and you're a smaller guy. See, that's why. That's why I think that because of my height, five eight and three quarters. Thank you very much. Measured by USA Life Insurance, mm-hmm. uh, I think I would do a little bit poorer. I feel like people in the north are bigger, so that's mm-hmm. why I think the north would drop drop me down. I mean, maybe you—you you are. You're not the tallest man, but for what you lack in stature, you make up for in heart and penis size. Mm, we've covered that. Two yeah. inches is only going to work sixty-four percent of the time. Well, but you know, it's a heartfelt. It's two <laughs> inches. All right, I got a couple of uh, bangers for you. Uh, what is the worst? You really think you're a new you? You really think you're a Midwest eight? 
Yeah, I do. That's pretty high. I mean, that's quite the difference. Listen. I understand the idea that you might think you're better looking in the north, but I don't think it's double. Give you an extra point. I'm going to say yes, body-wise, attractiveness, probably lower end of the scale, but maybe not. I got a face that chicks die for. Got hair that men wish they could have. Have a smile that only babies can replicate. Um, it's all about attitude. You know, it's all about confidence with women. That's why if I don't have to show off my beer belly, you know, or or my my cankles, if I can cover it up with clothes and pretend to be cool and excitable, puts me at an eight right there because I'm bringing the attitude. I'm bringing it. That may have been the greatest thing that you've ever said. Like, I've never been more motivated or been like, yeah, John, you fucking get it than that speech right there. You got to you got to be confident, man, whether you're a man or woman, whoever, whatever you're going after. Confidence is key. But, you know, that's why I said the east, the north. I'm set. Can wear my my winter jacket, my jogging pants, my boots. You can't tell that there's a 280 pound man underneath those clothes. I thought, oh, you've been gaining weight? I thought you were 275. But, well, you know, it's uh, Christmas. Hi- hibernation. will do that to you. Hi- hibernation. Okay. Uh, but you get, right. me, you get me out the west and the south, attitude doesn't go that far out there. You know, it's a lot of, look at his abs. You know, look at a spray tan. So. I don't think the south is like that. I don't, I don't know if you've been through parts of the south, but <laughs> it's not a uh, lot of abs in some... <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just move on before we before we make this a mess. Uh, let's do it. All right, so uh, what is the more disgusting candy? Candy corn, Whoppers, or circus peanuts? Well, circus peanuts is... Oh, wait, that is a candy. You're talking about the cir- circus peanuts. Oh, my God. Candy corn only got a bad rap recently when it became cool to hate on candy corn. Circus peanuts were always a disgusting thing that nobody knew exactly what was in that. And there's nothing wrong with Whoppers. So it's got to be. Yeah, circus peanuts. I don't even know what that is. Circus peanuts uh, are the spam equivalent of candy. We're like, I don't know what this is or what this texture <laughs> is or what this taste is. Should just get rid of this. This shouldn't exist. I don't even know how to describe circus peanuts other than they're, they're like stale marshmallows from like Chucky or Lucky Charms. I really think they're just repurposed marshmallows. Like, they couldn't sell these marshmallows, so they're like, well, they're going to get their expiration dates to just mix them up and make them into circus peanuts. Like, peeps, man. Nobody knows what's in that. Like, I don't trust things that no one can identify the ingredients. Well, marshmallow, those are marshmallows. Those are purely marshmallows. Peeps? Yeah. Oh, you've researched the ingredients there. I mean, what else are they? Anyways, uh, well, that I don't know where we went there, but okay. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> why can't you just ever give a straight answer? Why do you always? Have I gave to... you a straight answer. I don't like circus peanuts. I just. <sighs> All right, which one of these power? Sorry, tools... John. I'll, I'll, let me try again. Let me try again. Okay, with this question, I'll give you a straight answer. Okay. All right, good. Uh, which one of these power tools makes you feel the most manliest? A drill. This is a good question. A saw or a chainsaw? Man. When I say saw, I mean like a regular, you know, like an actual saw that you're going back and forth with, obviously. And then a chainsaw, 
and then like a power drill that has five speeds on it. I don't think it's actually the chainsaw because even though the chainsaw may be the easy answer, you're also getting mechanical help, right? Sure. Like it's not like you've got to be a rugged person <laughs> to operate a chainsaw. You might to be the kind of person who owns a chainsaw. Like I could see that a little bit. Like that bumps up your manliness if you own it. But it's not really difficult to use a chainsaw. It's not like, oh, wow, it's not like driving a backhoe or operating a bobcat. Like, you don't need specialized training wow. to operate a chainsaw. So chainsaw is going to be, I think, is the easiest answer, but not the best answer. I think that drill not necessarily says manliness, but it does say know-how. Like, if you have a drill, and we're talking about a power drill, I'm assuming, it means that you do enough work around the home that you're probably doing something. But I would say the most manliest one is the saw, because you're sawing stuff, which you don't usually have to saw stuff that much. It's not really something that you have to do. It's not like, oh, you got to have a screwdriver. You don't have to have a saw, and a saw is physical effort. So I would say saw, but I'm just going to throw this out there. I have an axe, and I've used it, and I felt pretty fucking manly. What What did you chop down? How big was the tree? Uh, it was actually a pretty sizable tree. I know how to chop. I know how to fell a tree, which is an odd thing that I know how to do. But I know how to fell a tree. What would you say is the most random thing that you know how to do? Like people would be surprised. Like, oh, you know how to do that. I don't think anyone who knows me in my life, like, were you surprised that I know how to fell a tree and do it properly so that it go, lands in the place that I want it to land in? You know, most people are surprised when I tell them that I, I know how to write pretty pretty good, actually. Well, first of all, it should be pretty well. People know I know how to talk good. <laughs> they know I use them the right words. Oh, fuck. With my enunciation. Uh, anyways, before that goes any further. Um, all right. So a couple of uh, choices here to talk about. I think the I'm surprised that this one won. Uh, you can check this poll out on Mondays on our Twitter page. You can vote what we talk about here. Uh, the choices nice, this week nice were plug. the NFL playoffs, uh, which got no votes, by the way. Uh, back The backflip during the DWI arrest, which was a pretty interesting video of a guy who was obviously stopped for being impaired while driving and as... <laughs> Some way, somehow, during the uh, DUI uh, test, he does a backflip and uh, lands it actually pretty well. Uh, but that did not win. Uh, uh, also not winning was the hatchet-wielding hiker for us who are old enough. Uh, it is just not a series on Netflix, but some of us actually covered that story uh, in the news. Uh, and actually, actually, what won uh, was uh, just announced today, uh, believe it or not, Ted Lasso coming back for one final season, season three, and it's going to be said and done. So I have a feeling you've never seen the show. Nope. Um, which completely makes this conversation pointless, but that's what the show is about. Good choice of topics. Good choice of topics. Uh, I mean, how have you never? I mean, it took me two years to watch Ted Lasso, but I finally did it, and I'm glad I did it. Um, I think you should watch it as well. I can't. I cannot keep track in my mind more than three television series at one time. The three television series that I care about are Game of Thrones, well, House of the Dragon, whatever that is, 
The Witcher, and One Piece. What, what One Beast? One Piece. What What is One Piece? Uh, it's probably one of the greatest mangas ever, honestly. Oh. And it's not just a great manga. It's really for people, if you're interested in storytelling, it's a story that's been going on for 20 years, I think, that it's been running, maybe 25. But it has layers. It's an onion. And it's fantastic. Okay, great. Uh, let's talk about this that uh, was just announced by TLC. Uh, they're brand new. The, the TV show or the band? Uh, the... TV uh, channel, TLC. Did TLC continue as TLC after they lost one? Were they still TLC? Um, I'm gonna guess possibly. I don't. I don't know that answer. I mean, they couldn't really be TLC if if the C wasn't there. But if you were oh, just no, tender, L, loving the L, care. it was Lisa, Left Eye Lopez that died, right? Yeah. But were they T Baha's Left Eye and Chili? Or were they Tender Loving Care? Like were they named after TLC or after TLC? Listen, I think we should just stop talking about this and I want to talk about the new TLC show called MILF Manor. <laughs> which apparently follows seven hot moms around that are looking for their companions but here's the thing they're all in a in a in a in a mansion obviously a manor these seven moms and they're all bringing along their seven adult sons oh boy people will do anything to be famous i mean i'd be on that show well i guess no why would you want to be on that show because then it would just be your mom getting potentially like no man the you know mills gilfs Gilfs. Oh, you mean you would be on that show? Yeah. To pursue the milfs, not as the son of a milf. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> that makes well, sense. I guess my mom would have to be on there, but I mean that's whatever. Oh, is that? Wait a minute. Is that how the show works? That the only way, like, if you're on there looking for love, you also have to be on there. Yeah. So it's seven moms who bring their adult sons, and they all live in the same house together. But the moms. Wait, do the moms have to hook up with the sons? Well, nobody has... Other sons? Not their son, obviously. Yeah, no one has to hook up with anyone, but, you know, love happens. Yeah, I mean, I would say that this is just, like, that's a one-episode TV show, right? (laughs) Like, I could watch, not even one episode, I could watch 15 minutes of that show and then never watch anything like it ever again for people who maybe don't remember this there was a show joe millionaire where it was like who wants to marry a random millionaire and i don't know if he actually was a millionaire but you could watch about 15 minutes of it and then like okay for the good of humanity i can't watch this anymore i mean listen so it's gonna be on tlc on sunday night so it even got a primetime spot dang uh and the women rage for a range and age from 40 to 60 so good luck okay how old are their sons then you know there's the adult sons that's yeah they're adults so you know i'm not finding a whole lot on the sons um but they're not really the yeah they're not really the important part i guess um well good for that was a big phase people maybe not remember that but milf was a big phase for a while i don't know if it's 
I don't know if it's still a big thing, but it's kind of it was like when American Pie came out. That was a big deal for a long time. Oh yeah, American Pie was like uh, our generation's Animal House. Yeah, I could agree with that. Anyways, I'm I I, I, I should, we should have just talked about that Milf Manor. <laughs> Sounds like the continued evolution of the downfall of society. There's, there's well, we will just do anything. I can never get into any of those love shows. I can never, honestly, I think they, I can never get into any reality dating shows. Yeah, they're 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 pointless and they're a waste of time. It's perfect for our show. <laughs> we should have on one of the. Ooh. Okay, are you ready for our top five? Uh, I I I am. I am. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm curious to see where you take this because my list is pretty conservative, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, so our top five is top five blue things. The only criteria is that they have to be blue. What's your number five? I always fuck these up every time. Uh, but not yet. Not yet. My number five is uh, blueberries. Oh, that's my number five is blueberries. Okay. They're awesome. Yeah. Blueberries are awesome. They're one of the quintessential fruits, and they just happen to be blue. So congratulations, blueberries. You're one of the best things that are blue. The only thing that, I mean, fruits definitely have the color scheme monopolized far more than vegetables. Like when I think of vibrant colors of food, it's always a fruit. You don't think of vegetables being vibrant. It's all green. Yeah. I mean, listen. Oh, lettuce. Blueberries has to be number five. Okay. Okay, what's your number four then? Uh, Uranus. Oh, okay. Planet. <laughs> yeah. If, if yeah. You, if you have a blue, you're... is it blue? I believe so. That's what we were always made to believe growing up was that it was blue. We were also made to believe that Pluto was a planet, and then one day they just decided that it wasn't. <laughs> and it seems like Neptune should be blue more than Uranus. Is it Uranus or Uranus? Because I always thought it was Uranus, to be honest with you. Well, that's because you're from Kansas. Dun, 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 dun. No, it's Uranus, man. Come on, you're a smart guy. I really honestly always thought it was Uranus. Why would somebody name a planet Uranus? <laughs> Why wouldn't someone I mean, name a planet Uranus? That's, that's really the question. Actually, got a true. Like, how could someone not? There, we don't have enough things that are named funny stuff. This is going to be my rant. Everybody always has to name something serious and profound and special. We need to name more things off of stupid stuff. Dog Road, right? What's the name of that road? Oh, let's name it after the first inventor of whatever. Why don't we name it after a dog? Like Sweet Dog Road. You don't want to live on Sweet Dog Road? I, I, I anything think, like that? It's not a great example. It's better for they can come up with. I think there are plenty of bad, terrible, weird names out there. My number four is fire. Blue flames? Come on. Yeah, I mean That always gets your attention. It does. I mean it's it's fine. It's it's a valid top five uh entry, but I just um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, okay. All right. What's your number three? Uh, so I have a tie. Blue cheese. 
and blue whales. Okay. I have blue whale and blue cheese both on my honorable mention. I couldn't put blue cheese above blueberries just because blue cheese is not completely blue. But I do understand blue whales. Like, yeah. it's, it's a sweet animal. It is. It's an amazing animal. My number three is eyes. Okay. All right. So I didn't uh, I didn't actually include eyes on my top five. What was your rationale? Um, it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like blonde hair. I mean, it's, they're pretty, they're great, but they're, I mean, they're just meh. That's, you know, I don't know. I thought you were a blue eyes man too. I thought, I've actually thought it could be like your number one. No, I, I think one and two are pretty interchangeable. You know, like they're, they're pretty much the same. I think that they are interchangeable, but not totally right. I do think that one. I think that they're both right there where you could make a solid argument for either one, but I think that ultimately one of them wins out. So what's your number two? Uh, the sky. Mm. So your number one is then water. Yeah. I have those reversed. I have water is number two and sky is number one. Mainly because like when I think of water, I don't necessarily think of the color blue because in its everyday application – Right. When you really look at it, it's more clear. Like the shower is clear. The water you're drinking is clear. I don't associate it as much with being blue, but the sky is only blue in my mind. Uh, it personifies blue. I agree with you, but I also think uh, that any, any, any water that I associate with, right? Lake, lakes, oceans. Everything except like drinking water is blue when it comes to water. So that's why I'm okay with putting it as my number one. I mean, I do see some rivers that are basically like mud colored. Yeah. Like I think you can have water that is not necessarily blue, but you can't. The sky is always blue. I mean, even if it's obscured by the clouds, the sky is still blue. Well, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Maybe if I lived in the west or south, I would know what the sun is. Uh, or what a, a blue sky looks like. Is it that cloudy and sad in Detroit all the time? Uh, I'm pretty sure one of the local meteorologists in town said that we have had two days of sunlight in the last three and a half months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that wears on you. And I'm a person who lives in Seattle. Yeah. And I see the sun more than that. Yeah. Well, you also you're not translucent either. So. You are very pale. I'm not pale. Like I'm not. Pale. I'm just. It's pink. Uh, all right, some uh, some honorable mentions here. Um, I don't. I don't have a lot of good ones. I have the Blue Man Group. Um, I They've have... really they they. There was a time where they could have been on the top five. There was a time. Mm. The time has passed, but there was a time. Yeah, they were big. Maybe. I mean, they they were. I mean, they still are big. They probably sell out every show that they do across the across the uh, the the country or world, whatever they're doing, but. Um, yeah, but I don't think anybody in that show is under the age of 60. Uh, probably not. Uh, let's see what else. So obviously I have uh, uh, eyes. I have blue jeans just to piss you off. Um, I do hate you when you say blue jeans. <laughs> fucking jeans. Uh, I mean, I don't know why you're yelling there. You, you are literally I've had this conversation with other people who have listened to that segment on the podcast, and I wish I could reference people back to which episode it was. Uh but I don't understand how you've never 
Like you never heard that expression. Self-explanatory, right? Genes. There's still genes with whether what color they are or not, right? Like if you have a different color genes, like, I don't know, like gray or black, Mm-hmm. Do you call them – what do you call them? you just call them jeans? So why can't you just call everything jeans? They're still just jeans, right? Like if I have on shorts, I just say shorts. I don't put – like, well, I got on my blue shorts. I got on my red shorts. Got on my black shorts today. I mean, so why do you specif- specify a color around that specifically? I mean, listen, when you That's say what it, doesn't make any sense to me, right? Like I got a T-shirt on, not I got a blue T-shirt. When you say it like that, it makes perfect sense. That's actually just came up with that. It's pretty good, actually. I, I hope it changes your life. It won't. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. Um, there's also another planet on there. Neptune, I believe, is blue as well, but it's it's not it's not as cool or have a, a, as awesome sounding name as Uranus. Uranus. Yeah, I would associate Neptune as being more blue than Uranus, to be honest with you, or Uranus. Um, I have the moon. Blue moon. The moon can be a little bluish. Okay. I thought the moon was gray, but okay. Okay. I would actually call it white, but that's that's just me. Uh, blue jays. We don't have any birds on there. We don't have any animals on there, honestly. No, I, I could I put, put blue jays. There's some butterflies that you would be on there. I put the blue whale on my top five. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Is the blue whale a fish or a mammal? Hmm. I mean, it's a fish, but it's a mammal. It's a famel. <laughs> or a mish. A mamish. There's there's no reason to continue this episode any longer. <laughs> okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe. Leave us a rating or a review. It really does help us out. And let us know what you think are some of the best blue things i don't know how that you can have anything other than water and sky at the very top but i i do see an argument for which one of those could be number one and which one could be number two seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.